It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on K News FM 98.5. And Happy New Year, everyone. This is the first show of 2024. This is Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases. It has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional city ordinances and to represent both Republican candidates and Democratic and the Democratic Party. And I have been privileged occasionally to represent journalists and defend them against libel lawsuits. Uh, I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners, and I have served the Superior Court repeatedly as special master. On Slow County Public Policy and the Law, office holders, candidates, lawyers, journalists, and activists inform you about policies shaping your lives. That focus brings folks with different viewpoints without being attacked to tell you about how they think your community can be improved, even if I or station management disagree with a guest's ideas. Last week, I presented Jeff English, General Manager of the Central Coast Blue Regional Water Recycling Authority, about how that agency will recycle Pismo's sewage and inject it into Oceano's and Grover Beach's water table. And Ray Dienzo, Executive Director of the Napomo Community Services District, came in to talk about the money that district is returning to Napomo's residents. If you missed any of that, you can log on to knews985.com for the podcasts. On past programs, you have heard me talk about the critical function that journalism plays keeping local and state governments honest and serving their constituents. My years engaged in civic discourse has taught me the importance that news organizations have, even with differing perspectives, a role to play preserving the Republican Democratic form of government our nation's founders carefully structured. Today, I am very pleased in my first hour to talk with Joe Tarica, editor of the San Luis Obispo County Tribune. In our second hour, you get to hear from Dalila Epperson about her campaign to become the next 30th District Assemblywoman and what Delila's vision for California. But Joe Tarika is here in the house and in the studio, so why don't we hear from him? Welcome to the show, Joe. Hi, Stu. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, I think the Tribune is an um, important part of our county uh, because it has such breadth and covers so much. Um, and it has such a long history. Yes. Uh, uh, back... Uh, when I was representing the Democratic Party in a case that went actually all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court from this county, uh, I had to look through the papers from 1873. <laughs> and, uh, oh my goodness, uh, all three of them were racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
well, we won't go there. But, uh, you know, journalism has changed a lot. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Joe. You, what's your background? Uh, where did you get your education? Where are you from? Um, so, yes, I'm originally from the Bay Area. So I grew up in San Rafael. Uh-huh. But I came to Cal Poly in 1988. All right. That's how so many people so get many here. many people, right. And so um, I came to uh, study journalism. That was my major. I did a double major in journalism and English. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you had my dad, Star Jenkins, I imagine, in English. I don't think so. No. no. Oh, really? Okay. Must have missed him. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so arrived then and first connected with the Tribune as an intern in 91, I think it was. Okay. Um, but then I got hired in my fifth year as I was finishing up part-time and then it became a full-time job as a copy editor for the Tribune, the then Telegram Tribune at that time. Sure, sure. Uh, was that when it was scripts or it night, was scripts. night Ritter? Scripts, scripts at that time uh-huh. was an afternoon paper Yeah. Uh, before the switch to the morning. Um, so yeah, basically went through scripts, Knight Ritter and McClatchy um, and yeah, so started full-time in 93 so that's now 30 years. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun. And, uh, well, now, you know, when you say a copy editor, that's, I think, what most people think of as an editor in the sense that they they check the work of the reporters and make sure the words flow and so forth. But now you're the, you're the head editor. Yeah. Yeah. The copy editor was sort of the back end editors at the time. We really don't have these people anymore. Really? Yeah. Um, and so they were the ones who were putting, you're doing the final reads on stories, um, doing the last checks for like accuracy, checking um, what we'd say AP style, which is you know making sure all the grammar and everything is right that way, um, and then also doing all the layout of the newspaper. Oh yeah. So that was the thing I actually really liked was doing the doing the design for the pages. So were you in that building that's now uh, uh, Smart and Final? Uh, we were in there, yeah. I mean, we went first initially there for a couple of years and then moved to South Hagera. Just for our listeners who are younger, I, I went in there from time to time as a young man. And the second floor was actually three stories up because there was this gigantic press, <laughs> press room, yeah. in, in the first floor. And when it would start up, the entire building would shake. We had uh, pneumatic tubes that I, I'd yeah. never seen those before, you know, so you would send the mm-hmm. layouts you would draw the layouts out on paper and then stick them in the tube. Send them down. Shoot them down to the composing room. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed a lot. It changed a whole <laughs> Well, now, um, you've been in the county f- basically your whole career. Whole career, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, now, I was are, like a teenager. Are you year. married? Do you have family? Yes. Yeah. So, um, my wife is a veterinarian. Um, she works uh, in Atascadero. Uh-huh. And we live in Atascadero. I've lived in Slow, Los Osos, and then moved to Atascadero um, in 2005. Nice nice town. Uh, And so you always wanted to be a journalist. There wasn't something else you had uh, Yeah, I always um, wanted to do something. You know, that's why I had to double major, like in English. Um, So you could go into advertising just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Something with writing and editing, you know, um, was always going to be some way that. And it was like, what do you do with that kind of like emphasis you know how do you use it do you like write novels or do you like go into technical writing there's you know different things you can do and um it kind of became early on that like uh i like this the pace of 
journalism, the daily pace, sure, um, and also the mission. You know, the mission of having this role in democracy. Um, well, what do you see that mission as being, Joe? I mean, it's it really is protecting democracy. You know, it's the First Amendment. Um, it's the freedom of the press and the role that it plays in our country, which is you know making sure that. Um, the government operates correctly. Um, so, for instance, obviously, uh, it's protecting our voting rights. Yes. But, it, you know, just as simple a thing as making sure that uh, a government official isn't giving no-bid contracts to his brother-in-law to build the road. Yeah. I mean, it's the that, watchdog role, yeah. you know, keeping track mm-hmm. of um, trying to get the information that people don't really want you to get, which can be difficult sometimes. And, you know, we hear things that are happening and... Um, got to go and try and like find out if you can confirm them well that leads me to one of my other questions but folks this is Stu jenkins at slow county public policy and the law and we're talking with joe tarika the editor of the san luis obispo county tribune um, people don't want you to get certain information when you're trying to get it out of uh, various agencies um, there's an initiative on the ballot and we actually had one of the proponents for that that's coming up this next uh, november to strengthen the California Public Records Act and put shorter time limits on uh, on when uh, government agencies can have to produce it, information asked for by the press or mm-hmm. by the public, and also uh, get rid of some of the exceptions. That yeah, uh, are there ways you think that the Public Records Act could be strengthened? Well, yeah, I mean it's such a powerful tool for us. Um, and that is an issue that we have is the turnaround, you know, because a lot of times you're asking questions that you just want that you're trying to get quickly. You know, you're covering a story. Yeah. And so, you know, as you, you want, said, the daily pace. Right. And you want to get, you know, we want to find out what happened. And so you're asking, you know, questions of an official or something like that. And for whatever reason, they may not want to share it. You know, it may be that they have a very, you know, vested interest in not sharing it or it may be a personnel thing. You know, that comes up a lot. Um, and so they'll... Well, uh, I ran for judge a few years ago, and I took the uh, ethics course on running for judge that they require you take at the Judicial Council. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you couldn't say was that Judge so-and-so is on the take. Now, my dad, who was the son of a Chicago alderman, said, wait a minute. That's exactly what you should be saying if the judge is on the take. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it would be. Yeah. That's what it would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, personnel issues uh, can have to do with uh, bad performance or it could have to do with sexual Misconduct, activity yeah. or it could have to do with corruption. Right. Um, so uh, how, uh, what tools do you use to try to get through that resistance right i mean you're you're hoping that people cooperate you know um a lot of times they can't or won't um because of legal restrictions that they have you know the county like talk about the county you know like the county council's office yeah will say like no you can't talk about that you can't do that um and that's when we would you know file pra requests public records act requests folks um and so there we're going for like specific information. We're asking for records, you know, we're asking for all the communication between so-and-so and so-and-so and these dates, you know, emails, uh, voicemails, uh, texts, all those kinds of things um, to try and find, uh, you know, what can be shared basically. And then we'll, you know, 
cast this out. We'll send this letter and they have 10 days to respond to it. And well, and of course, they can give you a, an email saying, oh, it's going to take us longer to get this. And then yeah, they can they get another uh, 14 days. Right, yeah. and, but uh, do you ever find that you've had to bring yes. a lawsuit against them? Well, well uh, occasionally it'll go to that point, okay. you know, um, where somebody won't do anything and we'll go to our, our legal uh, resources, which we have, you know, which is great. Yeah. So um, when we do that periodically, it doesn't happen all the time, but we'll have cases where um, somebody doesn't want to turn something over. And a lot of times it's after, you know, it's usually after maybe the investigatory process has passed. And so they're still like trying to withhold, you know, Um, and you're like, what, you know, what happened here? What's the reason? Why did, why did this action take place? Because you'll hear the action, like somebody got fired, you know, or there was, you know, um, whispers about what happened like this person did this thing well we've got we've got current examples uh, the right. uh, San Luis Obispo or the San Luis Coastal Unified School District has had the uh, teacher two coach. coaches yeah. uh, that I mean the the CAO of the county just yeah. had the same thing yeah uh, the temporary CAO yes <laughs> interim <laughs> CAO <laughs> and, and uh, well and, and of course the Tribune's not the only player in this zone mm-hmm. uh, you've got calcos news you've right. got the uh, paso robles daily news uh the the uh, new times right. one of the things that uh, when i was younger uh, i noticed was there was a certain collegiality even though there was competition between uh, journalistic mm-hmm. endeavors uh, yeah. and, and let's not leave out ksby, KSBY or, yeah. or the you know the, there are some radio stations that have some news capacity so what i th- don't see these days is that collegiality uh, in at least our county. Generally, uh, I've noticed that when a newspaper, uh, and there's also the Atascadero News folks, Mm -hmm. let's not leave them out. Um, Frequently, a newspaper will uh, have a story, but one of the other news organizations broke the story. And um, I've noticed there's very little uh, giving credit to the mm-hmm. news organization that broke the story originally, which used to be just a, a journalistic ethic. Um, and, and it used to be that then uh, each news organization would talk about what they'd added to the story and, and what they'd found out, and maybe it meant that the original story that was had broken uh, had flaws in it or it wasn't complete, but... But there was always uh, credit given. Yeah. Um, have you noticed that? And, and yeah. if so, why? Yeah, it's probably because um, a lot of there's just a lot of give and take and back and forth um, with many lower level stories. I would say, you know, oh, we got this story, they got that story. It's just you know, be a lot to sort of like this person broke this not you know, it's like minor stories. Um, I think on maybe bigger stories, um, you'd want to see that more. But we we just don't have. The bigger stories would have to do with governmental corruption. Probably things they? like that, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we just have so much that we're all covering the same things, you know? Uh-huh. And, like, mm-hmm. um, somebody will get a story, and it's it's just like, I don't know, it's not like a groundbreaking thing. It was just like maybe they did it first, you well, know? Well, you know, if it's a traffic accident yeah. at the Y. Right. Or yeah. even just, like, yeah, other city city operations, you know, city business. Um, and for our listeners in, uh, I just realized, for our listeners in Monterey County and in... Uh, Santa Barbara County, uh, the Y, of course, is out past Shandon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on, 
on the way to Fresno and yep. Bakersfield. Yep. Um, not not the YMCA. No, <laughs> Highway 46 and 41. Um, well, now, uh, there have been huge changes in how everybody gets their news. Um, I'm one of those people who, I, I guess I have a Facebook, but I, I don't like anti-social uh, media. <laughs> You're not an <laughs> so, active poster? I'm not, no way. <laughs> uh, but... But the, uh, you know, when I, when I was a boy, uh, we moved to San Luis Obispo. There were two papers. There was uh, the Telegram Tribune, uh, the afternoon paper, which we subscribed to. And there was the morning paper, the Fresno Bee, mm-hmm. which we subscribed to. They had reporters here. Wow. Um, and that way you could get two different points of view. Um, and I, for my listeners, I recommend that you subscribe. And subscription means support. Yes. Underwrite. 100%. And so I recommend that you subscribe to your local paper. I recommend that you subscribe to Calcos News, its competitor. Uh, I recommend that you subscribe, uh, well, I, you can donate, I guess, to the uh, New Times or to some of the other uh, KCBX, local papers, okay. KCBX, obviously, um, because it's important to have several points of view. And it's also important to recognize that one journalist may get something from a official and another journalist may get a whole opposite story from an official and uh, only one of them is going to be true mm-hmm. um, so but you know now we have the digital delivery of newspapers um, I guess the Tribune is still printing um, yep and, and but it's a it's horrendously expensive last time I looked it does keep to, getting more expensive to, to subscribe <laughs> yeah. to it um, what what number of people in the county or households in the county are receiving the paper by print media now? So that's a number that I don't see very much, but it's dropped into like the single thousands, wow. single digit thousands, under 10,000. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the digital audience is the growing audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, one was the print audience was very large and the di- digital audience was really small. And they sort of, you know, are moving towards each other until they passed. And now the digital audience is bigger than the print audience. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, my, my favorite thing to do in the morning, it used to be to wake up and open my paper and have a cup of coffee. Yeah. But now I have to find a computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is it you attribute the change to? <laughs> um, lots of things, you know, yeah. like obviously the rise of the internet was the first thing. Um, the changing advertising climate was huge. You know, the, the rise of um, like Craigslist came in on the classified front, mm-hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. Google came in on the advertising front mm-hmm. and seized a lot of that, all that revenue source. And it, you know, it used to be that newspapers, well, the reason why the home delivery was cheap, you know, really cheap, it was cheaper than if you went and bought it if you made your trip down to the corner store, oh, yeah. you know, you'd pay more. Oh, yeah. So, which is kind of crazy. Plus like, you su- supported some kid on a bicycle. Yeah. I mean, you were like, we were taking the paper, you know, and bringing it to your house, mm-hmm. having a per- like a kid, you know, a person yeah. drive and drop it to your house, not the post office, which is now doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and you would pay less than you would if you made the trip because advertising was subsidizing the cost. It made up such a large portion of the revenues. And then all this other stuff happened with, with the digital yeah. impacts, and that 
really eroded. And that's what caused a lot of the increases on the price for getting it to you in, in uh, print. Have you seen that um, change the ability of the paper to do the kind of coverage it used to do? Well, indefinitely because the size of the staff was affected. You know, as you saw those, mm. as that drop in like really big dollars on the advertising side who are buying print ads, expensive print ads, yeah. you know, that's, that each year started cutting down and down. And so they started having to reduce staff and this happened across the industry, you know, everywhere. And um, we went through some big waves early, you know, you're looking back to like 2008, so about 15 years ago um, around the recession. And those cuts started coming. And, you know, you'd lose this person, you'd lose that person, you'd shrink the newsroom, you'd consolidate. What, what's the size of the staff of the Tribune now? So we're at, um, we have 12 full-time people in the newsroom. Uh-huh. And then we also have a collection of interns. And when you say the newsroom, that's sort of a euphemism sort at of this euphemism. point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The uh, virtual one, newsroom. <laughs> one, one of the disappointing things was, was when you all lost your office. Yeah. And uh, I guess Belcher bought that didn't he um belcher and pettit um yeah through one of their llc's and now there's a like an aerospace company in something there. like that so we were yeah we were and we were in south of and we had the big the big building that was when yeah you know if you want to talk about the heyday um we were printing there we had all of the operations there oh is it, you'd, you'd walk in and you just felt like you smelled a real newsroom well folks we're coming up on a hard break i want to make sure you come back and listen to my discussion with joe Tarika about the San Luis Obispo County Tribune and the changes that have happened in the news business. Um, Also, be sure and stay tuned after this hour because we're going to have a candidate for state assembly, Delila Epperson, on. And I want to encourage everybody, even if you don't agree with a newspaper's editorial policies, subscribe because you're going to get additional information that really helps you understand your government. Subscribe to the competitors, and you will actually have better news every day. This is Stu Jenkins at Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Stay tuned after the news. Oh.